Welcome back to His and Hers Movie Podcast. This is episode number 70, featuring a review of the newly released Netflix exclusive, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Now, now, I know what you're thinking. Wait, isn't there already a movie called Texas Chainsaw Massacre? And you'd be wrong, because that is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 1974. But then you're like, isn't there a movie called Texas Chainsaw Massacre? And I'd be like, no, no, no. That's actually wrong. There's a movie called The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003. And then you're like, wait a minute. Isn't there a movie called Texas Chainsaw Massacre? And I'd be like, no, no, no. That's wrong. That's Texas Chainsaw 3D. Get what I'm saying? Yeah. And also, technically, (laughs) Texas, uh, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, for some reason, chainsaw is spelled as two words and the 031 is one word so none of these moves are really the same move right so it's like texas chainsaw massacre yes which i don't understand i don't understand but uh yes we are reviewing that move we back i am one half of your hosting duo jay pizzle and this is Carly. We're podcasting out of Trainsville, PA, because I hear a train in the background. Shut up. That is why I wasn't talking, because of Trainville. Oh. I thought you weren't talking because you normally don't talk. I do talk. You don't let me talk. <laughs> Speak Bye. when spoken to. Okay. That's what I do, and then I still get talked over. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been quite a while since we've recorded a podcast. We pod faded. Sorry about that. No, we we are here and there pod. Right. Well, to be fair, like, I had, like, a traumatic experience. Yeah. Like, horrible ordeal happened that I was, like, dealing with for, like, three months. So that's one yeah. reason. But um, I don't even want to talk about that. So <laughs> we're not going to. I um, wanted to say, I actually, I didn't even, I forgot to tell you. I don't know if you got a message, too. But Jason... Luxon, I hope that's his name, where I reached out to me and said he enjoys my Slumber Party Massacre pod and he enjoys his and hers movie pod. And, you know, and so, yay, thank you. Oh, It's a cool. listener of Exploding Heads and he just randomly reached out about two weeks ago and I thought that was cool to hear from him. And it made me want to want to get back into this pod a little bit, knowing yeah. that we had a listener. Yeah, me too. I, I mean... I feel like we've missed some things like normally we do like a show where we talk about like the upcoming releases and stuff like that. And um, we, we just missed a bunch of stuff, but oh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll continue on. I can't believe we've done actually 70 of these. It's pretty nuts, actually. Uh, yeah. The one thing I miss about doing this is watching a movie, a new movie every week, because that's pretty fun. Plus, it actually benefited us last year when we did um 10 minutes to midnight and then we got to talk to carolyn williams about it because we probably would not have done that otherwise yeah and she seemed really excited that we had seen it yeah she yeah she was happy about that so and yeah Yeah. it is cool i mean i'm trying to keep up with the new movies this year but we'll see how that goes that usually falls apart for me but we (laughs) shall see yeah um so anything new with you um trying to think i you're a paid actor now yes i did last monday uh got involved with a very simple 
commercial um and i just found it on a facebook audition group and they just needed 10 to 12 extras i was like i shall do it and i sent my headshot in he was like okay you're in and then i showed up there there was a bunch of other like 10 randoms just chilling in this like dome that it was literally like it was weird it was at this health complex or health you know like a gym i don't even know it was like it had a bunch of like sporting arenas where people can like practice playing different sports and stuff and there was like a gym on top I showed up there first and I was like I'm here to do this commercial and the lady was like oh you're gonna be in the uh bubble and I was like what and then I looked out and there was literally like this dome bubble thing outside like an inflatable room and I went down to that and it had like turf inside of it and everyone was sitting in there and it was awkward. I was like, hello, I'm here for this commercial. And everyone's just looking at me. And then I signed my name and met the director guy. And then all I had to do was line up with these people. And we were each given given a set of steps to uh, walk to whenever it was called out. And I did that and we got a hot lunch and it was scheduled for 9:45 to like 5:15 but we got done at like 2:15 so it was really short and sw- simple and then I was given a check for $150 so that was the easiest money I ever made nice buddy nice yes. that's pretty awesome i wish i could i it would be nice if i could find more stuff like that just simple stuff yeah pretty easy huh yeah so cool well, that's pretty exciting. Um, I know you. I helped you audition for some other little stuff. So yeah. So hopefully, I could get more involved. Um, it's cool getting paid, but you know, even being unpaid. Like I just, I have fun doing acting stuff. So any experience I could find, I am down for right now. Right. Yes, I shall. Um, <laughs> shut up. Mm. Um. So yeah. Uh. So basically, we did get to hang out this past weekend, which was pretty cool. Um, We did our late Valentine's Day extravaganza. Okay, sorry, I was on mute, and I don't know if my sigh came through. Um, It is extravaganza. Extravaganza! Yeah, I said, extravaganza. Quit saying gonza! (laughs) Where's the gone at? Gonza. Ganza. But anyway, yes, we did that. Uh, we had a late one because we uh, worked a lot the past week. So we did it this past weekend instead. And it was fun. You came over to my crib and we went to the moves. We had some stacks. We watched some other moves. We got a lucky shake. We got a shamrock, <laughs> shamrock shake. shake. <laughs> yeah, we are pigs and pieces yeah. of shit. But yes, it was fun. Yeah, so we started out by venturing out to the movie theater, which was cold as all hell. Yeah. Like, not only was it cold outside and there was no parking, so we had to park like a mile from the <laughs> from the uh, mall. We ended up getting in there and it was freaking cold inside. Luckily, they have heated seats, but... They, it still was really cold in the theater, but we ended up seeing Cursed. Yes, yes, the Cursed. Um, and that was that was a pretty decent move. Yeah, yeah, I, we both really liked it. 
Um, it was um, th- I, what I, what I really liked about it was it was just different from like other werewolf type movies, and also I love that they incorporated what seemed to me like classic uh, werewolf cinema. Um, like I when I think of like classic werewolves, like I always think of um the Wolfman, um with the gypsies in the forest you know whoever is bitten by a werewolf you know yes yeah uh and there was like a big gypsy plot in this one and it was actually very like wow like that scene where they they go confront the gypsies was like super like violent and i was like didn't expect honestly there's like a good bit of violence in this movie that i didn't expect really yeah, it was very, there were some gory moments, and it was very well shot. Um, I thought it was a little bit long, it, it like runs almost two hours, I think, mm. and to me it was a little bit long, and it is a period piece, I've come around on them a little bit, but I did get a little sleepy watching it at a few points. But all in all, I mean, great performances, and aesthetic, and uh, just a pretty pretty decent story, like you said, it was rather unique for yeah good film. good locations and um like they utilize fog very well and mm-hmm. just a, a very well shot and deliberate setting movie like i i really like when people do period pieces and it really feels like i'm in that period watching it you know yeah that's why i love the witch so much i mean i don't think a period piece has been done <laughs> like I, I literally think that's as best as you can do with the witch yeah it's like the most accurate yeah and best looking but so uh yeah i mean the the movie was really solid uh, I, and honestly like even, now that i'm like talking about it like i'm remembering different stuff that happened like even that like scarecrow was like really messed up and creepy yeah, that was creepy. There's like a lot of dream sequence moments too that are with the scarecrow that are pretty spooky, I shall say. Yeah. And it's been I don't think I've ever seen a werewolf movie in the theater, honestly. Uh yeah, not a new one. Not a new one. Yeah, we've seen American Werewolf in London and the Howling and stuff, but I don't Yeah, think... I don't think I've ever seen a modern werewolf film. No, yeah, me neither. I mean I was around when a few came out like uh west craven's oddly enough cursed <laughs> um, uh, yeah <laughs> but i didn't go see it and then there was like a couple other ones that came out like some of the underworld movies i guess but i never went and seen any of those so that was cool i mean like because werewolf uh, when you think of like werewolves like that genre is like dead as hell like you'll get dir- a lot of direct-to-video werewolf films mm. um but like not I mean, there was well, Werewolves Within was really good, and um, like the Wolf of Snow Hollow, kinda. Um, yeah. But like those are, in like late phases back like ten years ago, which is crazy to think that that was like ten years ago at this point. But um, there's not really anything that is like coming to the theaters, you know. So that that was re- I was really happy to see some more like classical horror uh, themes on the big screen. I like that. Uh, yeah, did you see did you see Bloodthirsty from last year? Mm, yeah, uh, yeah, I think I did. I think that one turned out to be kind of a werewolf move, but I didn't I didn't like that one. Wait, too was much. that the one 
No. Yeah, I think I did watch that one, but I can't remember. It's where two lesbians go to this guy's house to become a singer type thing, and then it turns out. I don't know. It wasn't that good, but yeah, I did. I did watch it. I just can't really remember it. Yeah, but what was the Boys of County Hell? Was that vampires or werewolves? I don't even know what that is. I think that was vampires. It was another Shutter movie. Oh, okay. I didn't see that, but um, but anyway, uh, so that's the first thing we did, and then we walked around the mall a little bit, and um, because we never really checked out that mall before. Nothing too of note there, but it was like there was a lot of like things to do in there like they had like ping pong tables like just in the middle of the mall you can play on and stuff like that mm-hmm. um and then uh we went back home and what did we do watch uh, oh we cooked we made stacks yeah, yeah we made our stacks bone stacks yeah well we had to buy the stacks first at the store we got lost on oh the we did get the... lost <laughs> stupidly that was yeah. your fault no that was your fault he wanted to drive my new whip and uh oh i got a new whip too that's something of note and i like my whip but anyway i let you drive it i gave you permission to drive it and you fucked up and we ended up going like 20 minutes out of the way because we thought we were on this road that we were not actually on and then we realized we were actually going the wrong way so we had to turn around, and it was really stupid. So that wasted yeah. some time. But we went to the store, bought our stacks, came back. Uh, you prepared the stacks. I stirred the shrooms every once in a while and helped. <laughs> and so we made some French frizzles. You had some cheese on your French frizzles. I went with some ranch. And they were pretty good T-bone stacks. I really like T-bones. So. Yep, they were good. Um and then we threw on Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which yeah. we will get to a little later. Yes. Um, but after that, we decided to watch another move. And what did you rate Cursed by the Cursed, by the way? I gave it an eight. Um, I gave it a seven, I think. Yes. Seven. Seven. All right. And then uh, we watched My Bloody Valentine on yes. Blu-ray. I never seen that cut. Yeah. So this Blu-ray that I have, the Scream Factory one, well, they actually did release it uncut before on Blu-ray. I think it might have been like Anchor Bay. Mm. But it was like super out of print. But I did have a copy that I got actually from Walmart for seven bucks back in the day. Um, But it was like out of print. So it was like really hard to see that uncut version. And then Scream Factory recently released it like a couple years ago. And they released the uncut version. Now, you've seen this movie before, and you've seen it in the theater. But when we seen it in the theater, it was the cut version. Yeah. Um, and when I was in there, I was like, man, because I haven't, I hadn't, wa- I don't know if I ever, ever had seen the cut version. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think I have, because I don't think I seen My Bloody Valentine until I picked up that Blu-ray mm-hmm. um, back in, like, 2009 or something. So... Yeah, I have a, all I own is a, that double pack of it with April Fool's Day on DVD, and I don't own any special Blu-ray of it, so I've only ever seen the, uh, you know, the gore, goreless cut, and it's funny because I was with my mom on Sunday, and um, 
she was like, oh, you watch that Texas Chainsaw move. Is that, that's probably gross, isn't it? And I'm just kind of like, I mean, I don't like, I don't think like I'm immune to that <laughs> stuff, I guess. And I was like, and then after that, we watched uh, My Bloody Valentine. She was like, oh, see, I like that. And I was like, you wouldn't have liked this version. <laughs> she would have been so disgusted. Yeah, it's uh, I like when I when we watched it in the theater that time, I was like watching it cut for the maybe the first i might have seen it before but it i was paying attention to it and i was like wow this is very different movie like this is a very different movie it's so much tamer that it really does like change how good the movie is and i think that the uncut version makes my bloody valentine a near perfect 80s slasher i would say perfect yeah, it's definitely become one of my favorites, and yeah, I would agree. It's it's a great move. It's got good characters, and yeah, the uncut version's great, and it's actually scary. I think the Harry Warden character and the whole mine thing is pretty spooky at times. So. Yeah, plus it's a super unique setting in a mine. Yeah. Um, it's got like this huge party atmosphere, but it also feels very like real world. Like it feels like those people are all friends and work together you know what yeah. i mean it feels like they went to, they they went to school together they played football together they all got jobs at the mine because that's what everybody does in that town and then they work all week and then they party on the weekend like it just feels so real to me and yeah. i love that about it and then also like like the setting's good the actual harry warden story is really interesting you know you have these murders that happened in the town beforehand and then there's new murders that are happening now and they're like is is it harry warden returning from you know i guess he was in a mental hospital or something did he escape which would make sense you know because michael myers and every other like there's a bunch of people a bunch of movies like that um and then like i love what they do with the end of the movie too and then the very end is just fucking scary <laughs> yeah it's so creepy dude like that yes. was a ballsy ending for for 1981 or whatever this came out mm. like I, I i honestly every time i watch my bloody valentine it's becomes one of my more favorite slashers uh when you're talking standalone stuff that's not not friday 13th elm street tcm or halloween I think that my bloody Valentine might be my favorite. Like uh, the maniacs up there. Silent night, deadly night was up there, but I think my mm -hmm. bloody Valentine is actually overtaken silent night, deadly night for me. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. That's hard for me. Those are two of my favorites as well. Um, I don't know. Do you like maniac? Yeah. But um, like, I think it's great, but it's not one that I watch a lot. So it's like, not really super high on my i can't say it's like super high on my list because i don't rewatch it a ton but yeah i like madman <laughs> you're a dork oh madman's good but it's not like amazing or anything it's a great move <laughs> i have uh i have madman i just pre-ordered that madman 4k oh yeah that's cool yeah i don't have 4k not yet, but you will one day. Yes, one day. It shall become my 4K. Anyway, <laughs> um, I was going to just say, like, I went to see Scream on Sunday again because my mother wanted to see it still. We went to the 
waterfront because there's not many showings left of it. And she likes to go earlier. So there was a 315 showing. And I'm thinking like, oh, this will be nice. It will be like, we'll probably be the only two in the theater. It was packed. That's crazy. It was still packed. And also it was funny because the intro happened and there was like a woman sitting a few seats down from us. Literally as soon as it came up saying scream, she got up and left. Like, I think it was like too much. I think she was just like, oh, hell no. Like, <laughs> what? Was, yeah, People I don't know. She was scream and doesn't know what they're in for. Yeah. And then these people on the other side of us, I thought I was going to have to fight them because they were being really annoying and obnoxious and talking loud. But then the one girl who was talking the loudest, like, got pissed off at her friends because they, like, unplugged her charger or something. So then she left and she didn't return. And then everyone was quiet again. So I was happy. But what the hell is going on? I don't know. But I was like, I was like prepared to be annoyed and it's great to see the theater packed but at the same time sometimes i just like to be alone um but my mom liked the move a lot so it yeah cool. it made like 134 million dollars at the box office so far which is incredible yeah great like i think that's worldwide but still yeah that's like huge dude yeah yeah wide world <laughs> shut up <laughs> yeah, it made it made seventy seven million uh, domestically and fifty seven internationally for one thirty four worldwide. That's huge. Glad I'm so happy that that, that happened. And yeah, even like a thirty too. million dollar opening is like really impressive. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty hood. Shut up. Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, that's pretty cool that you went and seen Scream again. Did did your thoughts change on it at all? No, I mean, I pretty much, I liked it the same as I liked it the first time around. So that was a good thing. I was still like, I was like hyped to watch it again. I got all the chill. My mom cried about that one scene and she was like, I can't believe I'm crying during a Scream movie. (laughs) And like, I was like pointing out all this. I was like see they're like four west and like i was like oh and do you know who that one woman is she played in scream three as martha and then i'm like oh do you know who that other lady is and my mom's like yeah that's the cop from part four and i was like yeah i was sad <laughs> i hate when people already know stuff did you tell her about like, the lemon squares she laughed at it i think she might have got it because she's seen scream four a lot so she giggled at that and i thought maybe okay she probably understands so i didn't even say anything did you tell her that kirby might still be alive no i didn't i told her matthew lillard was playing that dude on that commercial but i forgot because i didn't i i missed it this time again how (laughs) like on that video and the recommended that there's a thing i missed it again so i didn't even get to point that out but yes i I like that movie. My mom was like, Courtney Cox looks ridiculous with all that Botox. And I was like, yeah, she she kind of did herself in. But uh, She looks better than she did in Scream 3. <laughs> well, yeah, hair-wise. Hair <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that's cool. Um, I, I love Scream and my Bloody Valentine. I love slashers. Yeah, me too. And I'm speaking of boss. slashers... Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever seen the 1978 film titled The Toolbox Murders? <laughs> Nobody. Good segue. 
<laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I wanted to talk about this because Blue Underground had sent me a review copy, and I just haven't had a chance to review it anywhere. So I was like, I'll just review it on here. Stop. Okay. <laughs> um, don't disrespect Blue Underground. But no, I haven't seen, I haven't seen this one, and I don't think I've ever seen the remake either. So I don't really know. Very different movie. Uh, Toby yeah. Hooper's remake is very different. There's actually a sequel to his remake called Coffin Baby, Toolbox Two, which I own, but I've never seen. <laughs> um, Sherry Moon Zombie actually has a role in the remake Toolbox Murders, which is weird because she really doesn't do anything outside of Rob Zombie stuff. Yeah, it's probably the only other thing she's ever done. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I think there was a couple other things, but um, so the Toolbox Murders is a very interesting movie. Uh, it came out in 1978. I think people would consider it sort of a proto slasher in a way. Um, it doesn't really have the slasher element uh, or the slasher formula down pat, but there's elements of it. Uh, now, I think that a lot of people say like 1974 Texas Chainsaw and Black Christmas sort of started the modern slasher. I think it's more like Halloween started the modern slasher and and those two were more protos. But I could see an argument for both. And um, this one, I still think has like the proto formula uh, going. And it's really only like the first section of the movie that's slasherish. Um, but the Toolbox Murders is honestly a movie that i had seen um once or twice before uh we reviewed it on an early early episode of um 22 shots i think we actually did it it was our first og versus remake um which i can't believe we reviewed toby hooper's toolbox murders i don't even remember it um but anyway so this movie basically opens up with a guy dressed with a um ski mask type thing on and he goes and murders a woman and then he murders another woman and another woman i think he murders like four women just back to back to back and they're they're violent you know graphic you're like holy shit this movie's gonna be amazing (laughs) because it's just like four brutal murders like just in in a sequence and that's that like all we're getting so far so you're like what the hell is going on here you know and um whenever you actually sort of get into the the rest of the story that kind of ends like the the slasher-esque murders are just the beginning of the movie so you just have these these and he's murdering them with stuff in his toolbox like a nail gun and you know stuff like that so that's sort of um where the title comes from um, and then we find out that this it, it kind of turns into like an investigative film a little bit after that and sort of like a, a psycho type movie because we end up finding out who the killer is and we spend time with him because he actually kidnapped a girl uh, like a younger girl who happens to be the sister of this other guy and this other guy and hit this neighbor uh character are doing investigation because they don't feel like the police is doing like a good job and there's sort of like this apartment complex thing and basically we cut to the actual killer and he captured this girl and he has her tied up in his room and this is probably one of the best scenes in the movie outside of the murders there's a there's a long dialogue with um the killer and the girl 
and basically he's telling like it's so weird because he essentially is tells her that his daughter was killed and we see at the beginning of the movie a girl die it was kind of shoddily filmed but a girl die in a car crash and we assume that's his daughter and basically he's talking to this girl as if she was a friend of his daughter but we don't really know if she was or not and then out of nowhere he just starts acting as if she's his daughter and she begins to like play along with it like thinking on her feet it's a very good scene and a little bit more higher like brow than you would expect for the movie that opened <laughs> with just this horrible um murders in an apartment complex um with a toolbox um so the uh the 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 actor who plays the killer um he's really good in the movie i don't necessarily want to say his name because um that might give away who it is <laughs> uh but yeah so th that's basically and then it actually ends like very like the like downbeat as well which is is surprising um but the movie was sort of known as like being developed as like sort of a ripoff for Ch texas chainsaw massacre um it, it has some elements especially like with the early scenes but it it really just has that like gritty feel to it a little bit but i actually really love this movie and i forgot that i did um i just think it's a really solid 70s horror film uh, so I gave it an 8 out of 10. Now, the 4K disc that they sent looks absolutely phenomenal, once again. Um, the thing with Blue Underground is that they do such a good job on these, these 4Ks. I think, now I, I've had experience with a handful of 4Ks. Um, I had all the Halloween ones um, from Scream Factory, uh, the two John Carpenter titles they released. I've had a handful from Arrow, such as Tremors and Pitch Black and Bird with the Crystal Plumage and stuff like that. Um, I've had, I think I had a couple, yeah, a couple of Vinegar Syndromes. I really do think that the best ones that have come out are from Blue Underground. I think that they do the best transfers. They've just been consistently great. Uh, Vinegar Syndrome does a really good job too, but I think I think Blue Underground sort of beats them. Um, the one that I did get from Synapse, which was the Suspiria release, I did think was really amazing as well. Uh, they have another 4K coming out. It's Phenomena, which is another Dario Argento film, so um probably pick that up as well and they're just so expensive the synapse ones um but yeah so the the transfer absolutely amazing uh the audio was great i don't have like the best sound system um so i never really like to comment on audio too much but i actually did for once check out the special features on this thing um so the first special feature is a commentary with Troy Howarth and Nathaniel Thompson. Uh, Troy Howarth is a pretty pretty cool dude. Um, he does a lot of like 
commentaries. He's considered sort of a film historian. Um, he also uh, wrote the book So Deadly, So Perverse, which is a uh, book on giallo films, which you would love. Right. Oh, that's my cue. No. <laughs> he also did a book on John Carpenter and and I think Mario Bava too. Um, and he does great commentaries. You know, they talk about the influences from Texas Chainsaw. Uh, they talk about the um, the budget, the locations, um, the careers of the actors and actresses in the film. Pretty cool. Pretty cool little commentary. Uh, and then there's features. Uh, Drill Sergeant. This is a interview with the director um that he talks about his career and stuff like that uh i think he, he did mainly tv stuff i think and then he just randomly did this uh you know horror film uh there is tools of the trade a uh little um what is this oh, hold on <laughs> Oh, it's it's uh it's one it's the actor it, it's one of the actors it's one of the people like trying to solve the murder, um yeah he that 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 interview don't really remember it too much, uh flesh and blood this was um the interview with actress Kelly Nichols who plays one of the people murdered at the beginning of the movie this was probably the most interesting of the interviews, um Kelly Nichols uh actually was in, she do you know the 1976 King Kong yeah she was a stand-in for the actress uh who didn't want to do like a nude scene she was going to be like a stunt stunt boobs type thing um but i think they ended up not even doing it or something so um but she basically um was a she got into porn she was a porn actress and she did that for a really long time and then she started doing makeup on on porn movies and then she uh retired and she still gets recognized from this film and stuff and and you know she's found it cool that people even care about it and things like that and then she talks about her performance and and her like what she was trying to do there um and then i actually did look uh, into her a little bit more because i had never heard of her before but she actually returned to porn i don't know when but she's like a lot older now and i don't know if she just did like a couple scenes or what but she's she um she returned at some point in the recent times because the pictures looked modern um but that was a good interview interview um and then slashback memories that was a uh interview with a film historian who talked about the uh acting style and legacy of cameron mitchell that was really good as well because cameron mitchell is really awesome in the film um and then there's another older interview with kelly nichols uh this was on the original release and then um a video essay with amanda reyes um who i believe is also a film historian uh slash critic so that's all the um and then there's the actual trailer tv spots two radio spots i checked out all that stuff pretty interesting to learn a little bit about a movie that i was not super familiar with on the background i wish i had more time to delve into special features because it is fun it's just like after you add all those up, it's longer than the movie. <laughs> yes. Uh, so that is my review of the Toolbox Murders 4K. I highly recommend picking it up. It is a awesome um, piece of slasher history. Yes. How did you enjoy my review? Was it amazing? Uh, yes. I thought it was over 10 minutes ago, but then you kept talking. <laughs> 
<laughs> what? No, you buddy, like good. when I talk. No, I don't. You like the sound of your own voice. No, I don't. Yes. No, it was good review, guy. Okay. All right, so do you want to get into the featured review, or do you have anything? No, I haven't been watching many movies, so we can just get into the feed. I mean, I've been watching movies, but a lot of them have been for, like, pods, like the 94 show or Slumber Party Massacre and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. we can just get into the review. Okay. So uh, let's get into this. So the – wait – Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, this movie, I think, was originally supposed to come out last year, and then it didn't. Netflix held off on that. Netflix picked it up, I believe, around November or wait, what? No, it was like September of last year or something. There's speculation that it was going to come out on October, which would have made sense, but they didn't, so it came out in February, which is weird. Um, but yeah, this was um, the Fetty Alvarez produced um, Legendary Pictures um, made it. And I guess when they released it in the test screenings, the rumor is that they went really poor. So I'm not sure if they ever plan on releasing this theatrically or what. But it the last one wasn't theatrically, as we know, Leatherface. Uh, but this one was basically picked up by Netflix and then quietly released in February. Um, which I guess it wasn't quiet because literally my entire feed for days was Texas Chainsaw. Like literally everywhere <laughs> I went. And we didn't watch it when it came out because we wanted to save it to watch together. So I was like dodging spoilers left and right. Yeah. Yeah. The, it, my whole page was just that picture of him in the field. And I was like, Oh, but I don't know why everybody hated that. That I thought it looked pretty creepy. I felt like <laughs> I don't know. Out of context, it's like funny looking because it's like, why is he just standing like there? But when you actually watch the movie, it worked well. Yeah. But anyway, the move. Yeah. So um, this movie follows a group of young adults who travel to this sort of like small small town in texas which i i think they bought yeah aren't that like what's the, are they trying they're trying to like fix it up is that what they're doing or i don't know they, they, they say have, but i'm not sure it's like four kids in a car well not kids but like 20 something year olds and then there's a bus of all these people coming as well so like it's kind of weird but yeah, it, it is weird, but it, it's honestly doesn't really matter that much. Yeah. Um. So it basically uh, to the town of Harlow to auction off old properties to create a trendy, heavily gentrified area. So they're basically trying to repopulate this little town, I guess, with like trendy um stuff (laughs) it it honestly doesn't matter like there's a heavy dose of um like i don't know what you would call it like snowflakey type of um just just like modern kids (laughs) like 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 pc culture type of kids yeah essentially i mean that's the vibe that i got like, I, 
like Jeremy made it sound like this movie was like woke, but I feel like they're making fun of it more than they're like putting it on a pedestal. Yeah. Did you get that vibe? Do you feel like they were more making fun of it? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think it was like trying to be be that word. Like I, I feel like it was more satirical of yeah. like modern culture. Yeah. Yeah. I I get that. But, but like you um, said, it doesn't matter that much because you barely get into really any story and you just get right to the point in this. Yeah, movie. it's a pretty fast moving movie. Uh so they show up at this this place and there's an old woman in a dilapidated orphanage. Uh, well, they, they go into this orphanage because it's one of the properties they bought. Um, and when they go upstairs, there's actually a really great shot of Leatherface unmasked sitting in a chair, like in the corner, which yeah. you missed at first. I saw it. Okay, so we yeah. were wound and, and it was really creepy. I'm not, I'm, I wonder if everybody saw that or, you know, because he's kind of hidden, but it was creepy. Um, we find out that this woman is who owned this orphanage is claiming that she still owns the property, but they're like, nah, bitch, we actually bought this shit and you're supposed to be out of here. Uh, the police show up and basically tell her, hey, you were supposed to be gone. All the while, we see Leatherface the entire time. Um, like, he's not like hidden or anything. Like, he's just there too. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we get the sense that he put down the paint chainsaw all these years he's been living in in uh we we see a picture from 1975 i believe um that shows what we assume is leatherface because his face is a little scratched out uh at this orphanage it's like a like a group photo um from 1975 and they also mentioned that this is her last kid he basically stayed with her mm. um so at some point in time between Chainsaw 1 and, like, a year later, Leatherface got picked up in this orphanage. So, I've seen people complain about the timeline, but if you really think about it, we don't really know how old Leatherface is. Like, he could be, like, 17 for all we know in the original. Yeah. I mean, he, it, yeah, because the guy got under Hanson, obviously, was an adult so everyone assumes he i think everyone assumes he's like an older guy in the original but he could be in his early 20s or such and such or like you said a teenager but yeah i mean you, I, i've seen teenagers in real life that look like they're 30 yeah you know it, it, and when you have like maybe some messed up genetics or something maybe it's even possible so like if leatherface was like 17 let's say mm. uh in 1974 what is that 84 94 2004 2014 2024 so that'd be 50 so he'd be like 67 or something yeah right now which you know is old but it's it's still like there's some some 67 year olds who don't seem 67 at all (laughs) yeah um so you know it's possible is it unlikely yeah but i mean I don't have nearly as much problem with that timeline as I do with the Texas Chainsaw 3D timeline, which was like pure garbage because it literally didn't work. Um, But so at some point in time, we assume that Leatherface, I mean, after the events of the first one, I mean, Drayton was still alive, um, but the hitchhiker was dead Mm. and 
grandpa was still alive but <laughs> you know like I, I don't know maybe they they dispersed or something like that because sally escaped so they had to bail out um maybe leatherface got lost or something you know you never mm. know um but it's kind of interesting to think about you kind of you can almost make a movie in between there you know which is you could do that at so many points in this franchise it's ridiculous. yeah but, <laughs> but franchise so never really goes oh, any dude, farther. It, like <laughs> if they literally like te- like they're like okay we're gonna start like even the La- Leatherface, the last one it's like a straight up prequel prequel and it's like oh wow you could actually have like a couple more movies in between these now you know what i mean mm-hmm. like and of course they didn't <laughs> uh it's just so like the, what do they call these these like legacy sequels now the the requels whatever you want to yeah. call them. like they're like these ones where like a legacy character comes back and it's all these years later and it's just like i'm not really like i don't i don't really like them like i would rather like i don't know like i'm cool with them but i would rather them just do something else um but this one was different it it, like i'm not saying that this was bad or anything but um so anyway they they end up getting this woman like kicked out of this house by the police and she has like some sort of heart attack or something and leatherface is pissed off (laughs) and he just goes on a rampage and kills a bunch of people and then he goes back to his orphanage house where he where one of the character like a couple of the characters are like still in the house and um the one lead is like hiding and then leatherface is like getting his chainsaw out of the wall and meanwhile there's a bus of kids that are like nearby who i guess are going to be starting to work on this prop these properties or whatever but they're partying and then it's just all hell breaks loose uh also there is the um addition of the sally hardesty character um which honestly was probably the biggest misstep in this movie for me yeah it could have just did without it completely it kind of it pretty much comes in goes nowhere and that's that's it like uh, they were just like i think they were trying to be like the new halloween type of thing like people keep saying they're like oh people will enjoy this but i thought it was stupid and kind of cringe as well to be honest some yeah, it just, she it, says. I just didn't feel like it was Sally. Yeah. Um. Now, who knows what the hell Sally would be like 50 years later, but I, it just felt a little too Jamie Lee to me. Yeah. And yeah. I just, I felt like by the end of it, I was like, that was pointless. And then also they do this dumb thing with her where I'm like, yeah, that's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, that kind of bugged me. But like that was literally my least favorite part of the entire movie. Um, but I thought Leatherface was like pretty cool. Like it felt like an old, angry Leatherface that maybe learned, maybe got, became a little bit smarter as the years went on. Um, but he is the well, <laughs> there, the, he, he's like scary at times like when like w- w- there was a few times where we like they show him like just in the background or something and we're mm. like whoa that's actually kind of scary you know he's like very menacing yeah i thought like i said i thought like all the pictures leading up to this like the posters he looked kind of stupid but then actually seeing him in the film i really 
enjoyed um, his appearance. And yeah, there's a lot of creepy moments, like when he's standing at the top of the stairs and just there's a point where he just comes running at a character like he's angry. That's what mm-hmm. freaks me out about him is he's very energized like he he runs after people and he has a chainsaw so it's like it's not like michael myers with just a butcher knife walking after people it's this guy's pissed off and he's running at you and it's just horrifying to me so um i think there's a lot of great moments in this move with him and he was utilized very well in this more so than pretty much any of the other films which you know, they focus on the family in the other movies. and this one, there is no family. It's literally just him. I know, but I miss the, the family. I know, Guy, but like... I, I love I, the family aspect. But you wanted a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We don't really ever get that. We got it hardcore in this movie. Yeah, there is a, a, there is a literal Chainsaw Massacre in this one. <laughs> yeah. Which was... Fun, like, like, I was telling you, one of the biggest disappointment things for me in the chainsaw 3d was the that scene where he's at the carnival and you just expect that he's just going to start like rampaging and like cutting up bodies left and right and he never does and you're like what the hell like that was such a waste yeah um but this one actually rectifies that and there is a actual chainsaw massacre which is like pretty amazing um now i think that like the strongest aspect of this film is the pacing uh, Leatherface is actually pretty creepy, and the kills and gore are really good. Um, there, there's some CGI in there and stuff, but it's there's a lot of kills in there. Like, there's there's some really good ones and really solid ones. Good mix of practical in there as well, um, and it's just uh, very violent. There's a lot of there's a lot of violence in this, and and for a movie that's like pretty short and paced with that many kills and stuff it makes the movie like incredibly enjoyable to watch uh it's not the smartest movie in the world it's actually quite dumb at times there's a lot of my my, brings me to my other point of negativity there's a lot of moments where you're just like that can't happen or like okay like the chainsaw was off or like the the chainsaw noise just goes away and then it just comes back on. You're like, it's not like, it's not like a gun. You can't just pull the trigger and it starts up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, they messed that up a little bit. Um, it could just be an editing thing. I I don't know, but it's that, that was kind of annoying me a little bit, but the movie is a little dumb in, in those type of ways. Um, but it's still fun enough to where you forgive it. And I think, honestly, I think, like, everybody was expecting this movie to be, like, pure garbage. But it seems like, for the most part, people had fun with it. Yeah, I'm glad. I think if some people are complaining that there's a lack of story, but I think if you focused more on character development and story, I would have been more annoyed by the film than anything. So I'm kind of glad it gets right into it, because the characters seem like they have the potential to be just really irritating and eye-rolly, but it's like, you're it just you immediately kind of meet Leatherface and he starts killing people so you don't even focus on that and I really love the setting of the film too how it's just completely set in that one pretty much triangle of a town like there's (laughs) not really much space it's just like a dead end area and that's that's all it is and it's very simple you know there's scenes inside the orphanage a lot and then you get the bus scene and then some scenes of them running around outside and that's about it but yeah, my literal f- favorite character was probably the the 
mechanic. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't like anybody else, but that's okay. Yeah. Like, you don't really have to, um, especially since most of them are going to die anyway. And I will say, like, the very end actually surprised me. I was like, whoa. Like, I didn't expect that, but that was really cool. And then there's a post credit scene, which really got me hyped. I hope they make a sequel following that. That would be really cool. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, the ending was actually the fi- like the final part was kind of scary to me too. So there's a lot of good scares in the move and a lot of good kills and it's just a blast of a movie. And I just don't care that much about the TCM plot line. Like it doesn't irk me as much because I feel like there never really was a solid timeline or anything with the films to begin with so i always kind of just expect to have fun with them and nothing it's else. like you could just at this point it, it, there's no sense in like i i understand that like like friday the 13th it's easy to get mad at because you have like eight films in a row that's like okay they all follow this timeline and then you know even like the 10th one could still technically follow that timeline and then freddy versus jason as well like it, it really is like mostly coherent yeah um and same thing with, like, Elm Street, like, one through six, like, follow a timeline. Uh, Chainsaw never really did that ever. Like, by part three, it was fucked. So, like, you could kind of just plug and play in different universes of Chainsaw. And at this point, I'm kind of okay with it. It's just I don't want to see the same things done over and over again. Like, I don't want to see another sequel to the original that follows right after that. You know what I mean? You can literally like, make a sequel to any of the sequels and, like, follow <laughs> the plot line. Like, part yeah. three could have a sequel with those characters. Or, like, part two could have Chop, you know? Like, yeah. literally any of them could you could make a new story out of. So it is kind of annoying they keep going back to the first movie and not coming up with new ideas but you know whatever i mean they're at least fun at the very least yeah yeah i think that like i'm okay with like just plugging into any point in the franchise just don't give me another like of the same thing like i don't want to see another like legacy sequel like this like that we have two now right like we have the texas chainsaw 3d which is essentially this you know taking place after the first one um Mm -hmm. but in modern day and then there's this one don't want to see that again um i that's why i love uh part the remake in the beginning because like they're like the only ones that are actually like um cohesive yeah like they fit like they have this they feel like one long movie almost yeah they're like perfectly they're like perfect prequel and yeah movie so yeah they're really good i fun fact i looked it up in the narrator from part one the narrator from the remake and the narrator in this movie are all the same guy i know well i looked that up he's probably sick of giving the same narrations pretty much (laughs) but i dude i feel like if you don't have a narration with chainsaw it's not right yeah in 1974 this john happened i love it love it it's like that i think the the opening title scroll and like the original chainsaw is like just so iconic i remember as a kid like just hearing that like and reading it i was like this they make it sound like i'm about to see something like like one of the most horrific things that's ever happened in history yeah it's creepy 
it adds like another element to these films. Speaking of which, I just watched all the Chainsaw movies um, like a week or two ago just to sort of prepare myself for this. It was a very fun time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's definitely like I feel like it is one of my favorite franchises, even though like I feel like they're there's like i think like i love the original love part two and then i love the remake in the beginning so like to me there's like four amazing movies in there and then like two that i like and then two that are kind of bad um so but even the the two that like i still can have fun with chainsaw 3d yeah did you um i last time i watched uh texas chainsaw part three i was really bored did you like that one um so last time i watched it was for 22 shots and i was really bored this time watching it i enjoyed it more okay because the first time i watched it i really really liked it and then i, I loved was like, it I when i was a kid i was like wow this is like a great i liked it more in part two yeah i thought it was like really good and i liked the look of Leatherface in it and then for some reason i watched it again i couldn't believe that i liked it the much the first time because i really hated it the second time so i was just curious if you felt how you felt but but yeah really the only one that i um hate is the next generation i think yeah i that was a rough one it it is like i keep thinking that i like it because it's so bad it's good but it actually sucks yeah it's so bad and that's it yeah um but what what are you coming in for a rating of texas chainsaw um i would give like i said you know there's not much in the way of story it's it's very to the point uh, it's just a fun movie there's a lot of dumb like character decisions and just dumb plot points but for the fun of it i give it a solid seven out of ten yeah you know and and to sort of quote Dave Parker, Dave, good old Davy Park, like this is the fucking ninth Texas Chainsaw Massacre, dude. I mean, like, <laughs> like uh, I, I can't. It, it would be pretty amazing if there was an amazing movie at part nine, you know. So it's like, ah, uh, you know, what are you gonna do? It's fun. Yeah. Um. Now that doesn't. That's not an excuse to say, oh, you can't make a good chainsaw film because you definitely can. But um, I, I just think for where the franchise is right now. You know, it's sort of this like direct-to-video type of thing now. It's not these big theatrical movies anymore. Um, I'm okay with it. Now, I would love to see more Chainsaw. I think there's two types of people in the world. That's there's people in the world that like do not like just every sequel that comes out. They think it like tarnishes the legacy of the the original. And then there's me who's like, I'll take a hundred of them. <laughs> like I'll watch yeah. every one of them. I'll watch every single one. Um, and some are going to be bad and some are going to be okay. And Hey, maybe some will be great, but, uh, <laughs> I'm just like, I, I like the character. I like the world. I like seeing people hacked up with chainsaws and the original was my favorite movie ever. And I've never out of any of these sequels I've ever seen, I've never went back to the original and been like, man, I like this less. <laughs> yeah. You, you know what I mean? So, yeah. um, but anyway, that's it. That's, that's the show. Uh, I'm not sure when we'll be back or what we'll be doing, but we'll be back at some point. Yes, we shall never be back. (laughs) All right. Um, Got anything to say? Did you rate the move? Oh, yeah, I gave it a seven out of ten. All right. Uh, No, then I don't think I have anything else to say. I'm glad that we got to get on here and talk about this movie, though. 
Yeah, it was fun to talk about. I kind of wanted to talk about it real bad, so. Yeah. But yes, that'll do it. That'll do it. That'll stew it. Yes, stew. All right, I'm going to go eat a taco. All right, I'm going to go eat a dick. (laughs) All right.